Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Liam, how are you this morning, Lyle? I am amazing this morning. God is good. God is still on his throne. Indeed. And God still rules, so praise God. Absolutely. What are you thankful for? This morning, I am thankful that I can still exercise. I That's something that really helps me clear my head whenever there's something going on or, or it helps me to stay fit as well. And I'm just very thankful that I still have the ability to, to go outside for a run. I, I can't go to the, to the gym or anything, but I can you know do some, some body, body exercises and make sure that I'm staying fit. And uh, as the crackdown um, increases in force, do you plan to run a half marathon on your front porch? Look, if it comes to that, I might have to, I might have to think about it. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea, we'll mate. We, we should go. all sponsor uh, Absolutely. Liam to get do a hand. half I'll, marathon I'll, on his front porch. I'll take any sponsorships I can get. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thankful for this morning, Lyle? I'm thankful for the number plates. Oh, what happened? What, what, what's special about your number plates? Number plates are amazing. What do they do? I, I, have, I have over well, well over 200 number plates. Really? Yes. From whereabouts? All over the world. Really? Yes. So if you have some random number plates at your place that you'd like to donate to a worthy cause, me is a worthy cause this morning. (laughs) Are they like registered vehicle number plates? Yeah, yeah, proper number plates. Right. Yeah. No, I don't take them off of uh, vehicles while I'm walking down the street and like, oh, I like that one. I'm going to steal that one. No, these are number plates that have been acquired through vehicles that are no longer. So these were previously registered number plates. Let's pre-loved number plates. Pre-loved number plates. Like, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I have a I have an Israeli number plate from Nazareth. From yeah, it's one of one of, one of my favourite. You to say you have collection. an Israeli number plate from, and Israel. I have a donkey cart plate from Ethiopia, which is very cool. This is a reminder: you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. So later on in this morning, we're going to be covering um, some good news and some more serious news. We're also going to be looking at uh, one of the moves that our government needs to be making. We're going to call on the Australian government to make uh, some moves in relationship to protecting Australians' health uh, here in this country. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Formal Friday. You became like me so I could see more like you The world as it should be The way that you created it to be Where beauty is beyond what we can show It is a burden we don't know And mercy, mercy It's sweet like the summer rain Forgiveness is a fortress That takes away our pain And joy is ever flowing through our bones Your love is like a love we've never known 
Welcome back, everybody. That was PJ Anderson with Thank You, Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We're about to have the first clue for our quiz today. Indeed. What have you got for us, Liam? This morning, we have a Who Am I? So, clue number one for this morning. After Jesus had ascended, I joined the disciples, the women, and Jesus' cousins in an upstairs room. Who was this person? One of 120 people. One of many people. Um... However, if you could you could do a process of elimination. It, I'll read the question again. After Jesus had ascended, I joined the disciples. So not one of the disciples. The women. Not one of the women. And Jesus' cousins in the in an upstairs room. Was that was that uh, was that, was that a, was that a clue? No. Well. Well. <laughs> that was a I'm clue. Just retracing <laughs> that the was a process of elimination steps. That was Maybe a clue. don't eliminate all of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big clue right there. <laughs> Gave it away for me. I, anyway, the anyway. Uh, number to call if you can figure out that clue is 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or 0491-064-669 send us a text message. And what's our prize for today? The prize for today is a book by Bradley Booth called God Said It in the Beginning, Introducing Children to the Bible. There you go. So, yeah, what a said it in the wonderful beginning. little piece there. Um, but yeah, my question. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just, just, just move on from move yeah, on from we'll, we'll move, move on, on from, from that from because and hopefully nobody uh, picks up on that clue. No, well, it's not. A, it's not the. It's not the. It's not a giveaway clue. No, it was just. But it's a hint. It's, it's a definitely hint. A hint. Anyway, yeah. all, right. all right. Positively different news. Positively different news. So my first story this morning, it comes from Nashville, Tennessee. 
There is a nurse from Vanderbilt University Medical Center um, in Nashville, Tennessee, who put up a photo over the weekend, uh, sorry, over the, not the weekend, um, yesterday, of her and four of her fellow nurses. So she's a nurse and she, she works at this hospital. And she put a, a photo up of her, her and four fellow nurses praying on top of the hospital helipad, atop of the building throughout this uh, coronavirus pandemic. You know, they had... they so- went Socially separated, I'm sure. Well, they went up there with arms open either to pray and lift their arms to the Lord or to make sure that they were correctly social distancing. Mm-hmm. Either one of the two, either both appropriate. Um, but they weren't sort of standing in a circle and holding hands. No, they weren't holding hands, but they were connected through through the fact they were there you together. Know, I, I, I kind of wonder whether the uh, whether some of these traditions, you know, of standing in a circle, holding hands for prayer, you know, or doing the prayer huddle. Yeah. I wonder whether these these things are just gone forever from our society, from our culture. Will they ever come back? Well, based on this, Will people feel nervous about doing that kind of thing after this is all over because you know we're so nervous about getting anywhere yeah. near each other these days. Just let's pray and make sure that you you don't hold hands. Keep your hands to yourself. Um, you know, fold your hands. Keep your distance between everyone and make this about you. Um, that's that's where people might most people might think it's headed. But these nurses, they decided no, we're here to stand together with God and to uplift not only the hospital. They, they prayed up there and they were praying for the hospital, all the patients in there, all the staff that were working, the families being affected. They also prayed for all of their colleagues around the world taking care of patients um, and making sure that everyone is, is as safe and, and as well as they can be despite the fact that countless people are, are losing their lives and, and even more countless people are you know, being infected with this disease. Uh, in the post she put up and um, she put up and she said, we could feel God's presence in the wind. Know that you are all covered in prayer. Nice. So it was really, really special. And I thought that was something that was quite nice to to just yeah. spread spread God's word and, and his message of love to, to all the people around the world, making sure that they all know that there is still hope. And that people are thinking of them, and we need to see more people praying. It was uh, I watched, um, you know, I watched Scott Morrison doing devotion with a small group uh, recently. That um, was, you know, had sort of, I guess, had gone out there on social media, and it was just nice to see our prime minister, you know, reading reading the Bible, reading reading passages of scripture, and praying. I wonder if he'd it's come on and that, pray with us. Yeah, well, maybe we should ask. It would. It's. I, I think it's a nice thing, um, and you know, we obviously have. Leaders, political leaders from around the world, some of no faith, but some of you know different faiths. And at times of crisis like this, I think we all need to draw together in prayer, where everybody needs to be praying. Yeah, and particularly, well, obviously, people of faith, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to just share the fact that you are a person of faith. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we all need to. It, yeah, you know, there was times in the past when the nation would be called to prayer for, you know, various crises that had come. Our way, indeed, and this is something that we have not seen happen for a very long time. I'd like to call the the nation of Australia to prayer. Yeah, you know, to pray for the virus, to pray for the pandemic, to pray for the, you know, the economy as well. Yeah, to pray for the business people, the tourist operators, uh, who are getting hit the hardest. This is a time when we need to be taking these things to God in prayer. Just need to trust that He'll take care of everything. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to a different story that is a very different turn. Very, very different. Yesterday, 
after the show finished, I went. I, I was driving home and I stopped at a shop, a very particular shop, and I bought a I bought a very particular item for a very particular purpose. Mm. Toilet paper? No, it wasn't toilet paper. Now you have to hear me out, okay? I stopped at the bottle shop. I bought a bottle of vodka with the purpose mm. of making homemade hand sanitizer. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disappoint you at this particular point. What's that? So vodka is what about forty percent alcohol? Uh, no, the one I I I was in there for longer than I would have liked to have been, <laughs> and I found one that was I think it's closer to sixty. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's getting up there. Yeah. I think you've got a top 65% to break down the fat. And this is, and, and, and hey, this is, this is what is floating around on social media at yeah. the moment. So, yeah, kind of whatever. But I think you've got a top 65 What I saw was you had a top 65%, whether you believe this or not, to break down the fat that surrounds the virus. And if you can break the fat off the outside of the virus, then yeah. the virus just um, self-destructs. Okay, so you got some pretty... Um, I did. So you basically went to the bottle shop yes. and bought the most potent alcohol. Yeah. That would have cost you a fortune? No, oh, no, I found one that was on special. Okay. Um, and and I, I, I was doing a little bit of Googling beforehand. Yeah. And it actually turns out that it's cheaper to get that bottle than to go and just get the isop- isopropyl alcohol from Bunnings. Believe it or not, because okay. because the people that make this alcohol, what they do is they, they put all the other stuff to make it more appealing, which turns down some of the, the, the quantity of alcohol, which makes yeah, it a bit cheaper. Right. Well, it also makes it so that it, you, can, yeah. you can at least consume a mouthful without being instantly killed. Burned. Yeah. Um, but no, I, look, I did, I did have a theory that if it didn't all work out, I could use it in some cooking. Um, where you where you burn the alcohol out of it so that it's no longer alcohol. Alcohol, um, but the the flavors, the, not the flavor, but the. Is anything left with vodka after you burn the alcohol out of it? Probably not. And you've got to be very careful cooking with that too because it it's very flammable. And, and if you burn that, you might burn your face off too. So it's it's look, it's a learning process. I'm going to see how it goes, and um, look, I'll let you know how much of it. Is used well, and hey, how much like goes down the drain. Come winter time, if you've still got some left over, it's not working. No, don't, yeah. don't throw it down the drain. Keep it for winter because it makes great fire lighter. Yeah, just dip some. Like- I remember going camping with uh, mates when I was young and silly, and they were drinkers and I wasn't. Yeah. And I got up in the morning in Tasmania because it's a cold morning, and you're like, oh, you know, let's get that if fire got, lit. If we've got, of course, they all got they all got on the on the bottle the night before and left these um, half empty bottles around the place, and it made great fire lighter. Oh, yeah. They were rather upset. If we've got leftover toilet paper, we can dip it in there and, and and use it to light the fire. Anyway, moving on. This song here is. Um, Melissa Otto with Get Up and Run. Get up and run Get 
the use of abuse Still screaming Show me the way to peace Show me the way of peace Get up and run back everybody that was melissa Otto with get up and run here on the breakfast show let's have another clue for our quiz and let's see if we can figure out who this person is here we go simeon said to me this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in israel and to be a sign that would be spoken against okay so that's a big clue right there if you know the answer give us a call right now 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 for if you are the first one with the correct answer you will be receiving a copy of god said it in the beginning uh introducing children to the bible there you go so yeah that's that clue is a little bit better than the one that i previously gave but that's okay Okay, so heading to more serious news, and this is one that I think that Australian government has a great opportunity to really take action on, is that one of the things that's come out from uh, uh, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, is the danger of smoking. Yeah. If you are a smoker, you are at high risk of dying from the coronavirus. And it's interesting because Australia actually has a quite a low uh, consumption of cigarettes. Yeah. We have a low smoking rate of around about 12%. Not the lowest in I've, the world by any stretch I've of seen the imagination. That one effect of the coronavirus is that because some people are losing their jobs, they're having to give up some things to help save money. Yes. And cigarettes is one of those things that they're giving up. Well, it should be the first thing that you should give up because it's also going to kill you if you catch the virus. Yeah. It's kind of uh, one of the things that's coming out. Cigarettes followed by alcohol because cigarettes, they, they affect you and the people around you more directly and alcohol is more just affecting you. Yeah, so basically if you compare Australia with Italy, um, the average cigarette consumption in Australia um, is 917, whereas in Italy it's 1,493, so it's basically 1,500. Mm. Um, and Italy obviously has a massively high infection rate, but yeah. they've also lost 15,000 people. 
and Australia has lost 24. If you compare that, and, and probably a better comparison, is with countries that have the same number of or a similar number of people who are infected. Yep. So Portugal and Brazil are just a little bit ahead of Australia as far as infections go. Yep. Um, and so compared to our 24 dead, they have 187 and 201 dead respectively for around about the same figures. Just below us, you have Sweden, um, so that's the the country just sort of next below us, and they've lost 239 dead in comparison to our 24 dead. Yeah. Uh, if you go down to say, for instance, Ireland, where you have you know average cigarette consumption is 1,298, which is once again significantly higher than Australia, and they only have we have 5,000 infections, they only have. 3,400 infections with 85 dead. And so when you start to look at these figures, it starts to tell, you know, very, very, you know, Denmark um, has 104 dead, but only 3,100 infections. Mm. Uh, and so these figures are telling a bit of a story, you know, when you, when you compare these figures with the rate of smoking in these countries, it does tell a story about the danger of smoking. And so basically when it comes to smoking, you're more likely to catch any kind of cold or flu. Yeah. Simple as that. You are more likely to have uh, a much worse illness as a result of those colds and flu. You're going to have a longer duration and you're going to have greater severity um, if you are a smoker and, of course, a much higher death rate. Yeah. And so this is an area in which I think the Australian government has an opportunity to act and to lead the world into actually banning the sale of cigarettes during, you know, COVID-19. Yeah. I, I think there would be a very, you know, obviously that's going to create a black market, but it's going to drastically help people who are really, who really want to give up smoking and are really struggling to be able to do so. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there who this would be the, you know, the big thing that would tip them over the edge to like, yep, absolutely give it up because it would just become too hard to smoke. And, you know, the um, I think the results of that would be just outstanding to our public health, you know, right across the board. Yeah. We could save more lives by banning cigarettes than we can by throwing the country into quarantine. Yeah. And banning cigarettes is not actually going to cost us any money. It's going to save us money because the tax that we make from cigarettes is not enough to pay for the health care of those people who smoke. Yeah. It's up there. You know, we should we should be down, you know, we should at least be where New Zealand is at, which is, you know, over 75% tax on smoking. Yep. Um, that's done something very, very practical in that country to be able to, you know, reduce the number of smoking. So they've actually got less smoking happening in New Zealand than what we do here in Australia. And that's with a very high Pacific Islander population. So they're doing very, very well because Pacific Islanders are kind of, um, yeah, legendary. They're some of the, you know, some of the Pacific, three of the Pacific Islands are in the top 10 yeah. uh, nations in the world as far as the rate of smoking goes. The other two are in the Balkans. And so that would. This is something that be. It would be straightforward. It would be cost saving. It would be practical, and it would save more lives than um, you know throwing the whole country into lockdown and destroying our economy. Um, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm yep. not saying trying to imply that in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying this is something we can add to it. Yeah. 
Um, now, this is just my opinion, of course. I know there's going to be a black market. There's a black market for all kinds of stuff, yeah. but it's, it's going to severely restrict it. Now, of course, the other thing with smoking is that it is a major contributor to both cardiovascular disease and cancer. Yes. These are two diseases, and this is what we're finding with you know the uh, COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, is that... People who are dying are people who are elderly yep. and people who have certain pre-existing health problems and cancer and yeah, cardiovascular yeah. disease, particularly cardiovascular disease, is right up there and very, very high in what is actually you know, causing uh, people to die as a result of uh, COVID-19. Of course, smoking is the second highest cause of death in our world. Um, high blood pressure is the highest at 10.44 million, and smoking is the second highest at 7.1 million. That's the so you know this is it's not a small amount. This accounts for 15 percent of all deaths mm. worldwide. Yeah. So this is an area, and and you imagine if we you know imagine you know we would place ourselves as you know Australians at the very head of the war on smoking if we were to do this and let's say we banned smoking until coronavirus was over and then let's say we just forgot to remove the ban afterwards <laughs> you know wouldn't that be yeah. amazing and it would it would be so helpful for all of those people who are uh, you know really struggling to give up smoking yeah i mentioned this yesterday that in america it it'd been 50 years since uh, president nixon implemented the the tax uh, the um the warning. The warning, yeah. Yes. The, the doctor's warning. And we've come a long way since then. We you have. Know, we've now got these ugly-looking pictures on, on these packets to That's right. To really nail home. and We haven't gone far enough, though. Yeah. It, it embarrasses me when, you know, our, 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 our neighbour across the other side of the ditch, New Zealand, is doing better than Australia. Yeah. You know, we should, no, that shouldn't be the case. We should, yeah. we should be leading the pack here, not, not trailing. Um, but, you know... Be that as it may, another uh, interesting news story, and I'm going to cover this one uh, quickly. Uh, Shenzhen in China has banned the eating of cats and dogs. Um, this is a result of um, a China-wide ban on the eating of wildlife. And so um, Shenzhen has sort of leading that. They're like, yeah, we're going to ban the eating of pets as well. And stated that this ban also responds to the demand and spirit of human civilization. Um, poultry and livestock and fish are still on the market, of course. Frogs and turtles still allowed, but it is interesting to see that when this pandemic goes wild and people see what is actually happening and causing it, suddenly people are getting closer and closer and closer back to following a biblical diet. Mm. And they're actually legislating it. Yes. Uh, and I think that, you know, if time is to continue, you know, the banning of eating pigs is going to happen as well. Mm. And sooner or later, public health is going to demand that we follow what the Bible says. Yes. Three and a half thousand years ago. Yes. Anyway, we always have here in the office Casual Friday, and a lot of offices have Casual Friday. New movement taking place on social media, which is... Changing from casual Friday to formal Friday. And, of course, if you are working from home today, here is your challenge for today. Put on your formal wear. Get yourself dressed up. Post it up on social media with the hashtag formal Friday. And join in the fun with everybody else. I can tell you I'm going to be doing it next week. Okay. It's going to happen right oh, here yeah. in the studio next week. It is It is on. Formal Friday. No more casual. Black tie event. Exactly. 
we don't get those opportunities anymore while we're in lockdown, so let's make our own opportunities. Might even go for a bow tie. There you we'll go. see how we go. Sounds good. This is uh, Vintage Season with a Bucket. Sometimes I feel like an empty bucket in the sand Seems I'm no use for anyone no more I've tried to carry some heavy things lately That push me, that bent me, wore me out completely everybody that was vintage season and i thought someone's playing tricks on me but that song is called bucket there you go i was a bit worried about that one but anyway joining us in the studio this morning is and and we're going to skip the quiz for the clue because liam had to leave because we can only have one other person in here at a time 
But joining us in the studio this morning is Caitlin. Caitlin, welcome, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And Caitlin uh, is one of the... Um, she's actually kind of staff here, so we get to see Caitlin on a regular basis. Uh, but... Caitlin had an interesting story to share over the weekend that I thought was just a little bit too good to miss because at times like this, we all kind of need to have a smile on our face. And so we're going to have we're going to have a laugh at Caitlin's expense this morning. I hope you don't mind, Caitlin. I don't mind. Okay, that's going to be that's, that's good. We're going to uh, definitely enjoy hearing what you have to uh, what the story that you have to tell. So, Caitlin, um, and I'm actually going to I'm not sure whether I should um, take some credit for this or hang my head in shame, but I do have a role in this story. And um, on the weekend, well. I don't know how I should put it. I think I broke your arm. <laughs> My hand. Yeah. Your hand. Yeah. I think I broke your hand. So, <laughs> Caitlin is here in a cast and it's like, but Caitlin wasn't even here on the weekend. So, I'm just sort of, Caitlin, you have to tell us a story of, of how I broke your hand on the weekend. Okay. So, well, because you were speaking at the Western Youth Muster, our online youth muster. Our live stream youth muster, yes. Yep. And uh, my job on that day was to comment and invite people to listen to it. So I was busy doing that, but I was also listening to you preach. And I had a friend with me who um, is not an Adventist and was like arguing some points with me. Okay. Um, so a Christian of, a, of another yeah. faith. And see, having a, a, a good, robust theological discussion. Yes, that's right. And Always was, a good thing um, to do. I was trying to show him some points um, in Revelation. And as I was showing him my points, I was yes. being very passionate and decided to punch myself in the leg <laughs> <laughs> and broke my hand. So in the middle of my sermon, so I'm not sure whether I should take credit for it or I should be like, no, no, no nothing to do with me or uh, or otherwise. But um, I kind of, I kind of, there's this weird thing in me where I kind of feel like, Taking some credit for this one um, <laughs> and having a laugh at your pain. So, Caitlin, I understand that, um, you know, and, and I did see this floating around on social media as well, that you have like the most epic um, high fives ever <laughs> um, that kind of wipe people off the planet. So you are an expressive person. Is this is this what it, what it means? I mean, maybe. I yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Okay, so we're glad that you're able to come and share that story with us and we do hope that your hand heals soon. I'm actually going to blame your friend that you were having a discussion with, I think, um, (laughs) for breaking your hand. We've got to find someone to blame. You, you can't. You can't be like, yeah, I hit myself. You, can't, you just can't do that. Uh, but Caitlin, we do want to hear a bit of your personal story. We've never had you on. Have we, we've never had you on Faith FM before. No, we haven't. So let's hear. Uh, let's hear a little bit about your journey of faith. Whereabouts do you come from? And uh, yeah, you're from the local area around here in the Newcastle area. Is that right? Central Coast. Is that where you're from? Yeah, kind of. Um, I was born in South Africa and then moved to the Central Coast when I was ten. Okay. And do you go back to South Africa very often to visit family? Only twice. Only twice? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you speak Afrikaans? Only the smallest amount. <laughs> ah, that's disappointing. Okay, so you come from South Africa. Do you come from a Christian family? Yeah, Adventist family. Okay. And how did you come to give your life to Jesus Christ? That is a really big question. I asked, I asked Caitlin this question yesterday in preparation for this interview. She's like, yeah, that's, that's kind of like a big question. How do, I, how do I narrow that down into a short space of time? So, yeah, where should this story start? Um, 
I guess, probably when I was growing up. I grew up in an Adventist home um, and my relationship with God, I didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with God. So I kept trying and kept felt like feeling like I was failing because I just didn't know what it meant and I just always felt like I would never be good enough. Um, and I guess that's that started my battle um, with God and with my family and with the church. Um, but, yeah, I suppose that's where I was. So it, 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 you say that it was a bit of a battle there. Yeah, there definitely was. Um, my family, they've always had really high expectations of me. And I always felt like I was failing them no matter what I did. And so when it when it came to my relationship with God, I treated that the same way. And I always tried to do my best. And I always tried um, to be perfect. But as soon as I failed or as soon as I sinned, like the guilt would just consume me. And I just felt like I could never, like never please God. And I would just never be good enough. It's interesting how as children when we're growing up, we often base our relationship with God on our relationship with our parents to a large extent. That's how we sort of learn how to have a relationship with God. Is it, and, and if our parents have high expectations, we never meet them. It's like, well, God must be the same. And it sort of gets ingrained into us. What did that, uh, what did that lead you to? Uh, did you turn away from God or did you draw closer to God as a result of that? Um, where, did you, where did you end up? Well, I tried for a really long time and I always made my decisions based on what I thought God wanted for me um, and what I thought was the right thing to do. And I suppose um, I, I got into a relationship with an Adventist guy um, because I thought at that time that that's what God wanted for me. Um, and... He landed up taking me further and further away from God and dragging me deep down into a sinful life. Um, and I then convinced myself that the abuse that I was experiencing in that relationship was my fault. Um, I thought that I deserved it because I just wasn't good enough. Um, and when I finally had the strength to leave that relationship, um, that is eventually what led me away from God. Um, during the relationship, I kept trying to get us closer and closer and closer to God, and he just kept pushing us further and further away. And when I left the relationship, I decided I've been trapped this whole time, and now is my time to be free. And I went and I hung out with my friends. I went traveling a bit. I partied. I drank, experimented with drugs. And, yeah, I just kind of got lost in the world. Um, it actually led me to a point where I was working at the Sydney Adventist Hospital and they didn't have much work for me um, over the next, like, six weeks that I had there. <clears throat> and because they didn't give me work and I was living at a home, I needed to pay my bills. And I had been modelling for a couple of years, so I thought, I'm going to make this my priority. Um, but the agency I was with, they, the work that they had for me, it was always way too far for me to travel. Um, so my friend actually sent me another agency and when I contacted them, um, they were a lot closer to home and a lot more frequent shifts. So I thought, great, I'll do this. Um, but that kind of led me down 
an even darker path because I was kind of tricked and a little bit manipulated into becoming a topless waitress. Um, the first shift that I had with them there, I remember thinking, okay, I'm just going to do some promotional modeling. And I landed up being topless in a bar in front of a hundred men. So, um, then I felt I was trapped again, obviously, because I just did not know how to escape. I hated what I was doing, but again, I felt like if this is where God has put me, I must have done something to be here. Um, And for some reason, when I was at my most vulnerable and at my lowest place, people were more open to talking to me about spirituality. Um, And so I thought, well, God must have put me here (laughs) to talk to people about God, because this is the only place that they're open to talking to me about it. Um, And so often, like almost every night that I finish a shift or... um, you know, every week or so, I would pray a prayer to God that kind of went something like, uh, dear God, I know that I'm not good enough. And I know that I will never be able to be with you in heaven because I'm just too sinful. But if you could take someone else there instead, that would be great. Um, And that I guess I realized, like I convinced myself that God would never save me. He doesn't want me. I'm just never going to be able to be good enough. Um, to be a part of heaven and to be with Jesus. Um, At the end of that journey, I guess, I I landed up thinking, well, I need to give God one more go. Um, It had been about six months and I applied for a rise and I said to God, like, I'm going to give you one more chance. You're either- so Rise is a, uh, just a, a quick explanation, um, short-term Bible college in Kingscliff on the North New South Wales coast. Yeah. yeah. And I, um, yeah, I said, I'm going to give it everything I have. And if, um, yeah, if I don't feel your presence, if you don't come through for me, then I'm leaving the church forever. And within six weeks, um, I had a firm relationship with Jesus. With t- within two weeks of me being there, my life just started changing really rapidly, really quickly. Um, and yeah, for the very first time, I felt what it was like to have a relationship with God. I knew what it was like to be in love with Jesus. I'd never felt these feelings. I'd never felt the Holy Spirit in my life. Miracles were happening. Prayers were being answered. And so, yeah, I decided to be rebaptized. And um, I knew at that point that I needed to do something for God every single day of my life. Okay, so just coming back to them for a moment because um, you've got a written copy of your testimony right here in front of you, which is amazing. That's fantastic. (laughs) And you mentioned a a moment ago before we were on air that the first time that you actually wrote your testimony was when you started that Arise, but it was only a half a testimony. Yeah. Um, So that must have been early on in that experience. It was, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and now, of course, you've grown and developed from there. How much has it changed your life, giving your life to Jesus Christ? Drastically. Um, I've had so many friends that have just thought, like, how have you just done a complete, like, 180-degree turn? Like, this is a pretty was, short space of time. It was really short. Like, within six weeks, I was a, felt like a completely different person. What was the what was what was it that had the greatest impact on your life during that six week period that that you feel sort of you know made that 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 big change? Um, I guess it was being surrounded by all of 
um, all of these people who wanted to learn more um, and also just being away from every distraction. Um, I didn't have, like, I didn't watch TV. I stopped going on my phone. Um, I had all of this spare time. I just finished my degree, so I wasn't studying anything. I Like, everything was just open. And I guess I just, like, decided that I was going to indulge myself in the Bible um, and see where it led me. And basically, nice. most of the spare time that I had, I was just reading and consuming myself in God's Word. Um, I really like what you just said there. You're going to indulge yourself yeah. in the Bible. That's a great way of putting it. I'd encourage any of our listeners to indulge themselves in the Bible. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was the pivotal point because just spending time with God every day, it really just grew my love for Jesus and being away from all of my friends, having like cut a lot of my ties. Um, yeah, it, it really helped me get on a straight and narrow path. Now, how long ago was it that you did the course at Arise? I did it at the start of 2018. Okay, so a little while ago. Yeah. And what have you been doing for God since? Um, you know, you've, you've obviously left Arise. Have you ever re- regretted making that decision oh, to follow God? No, no, no. That Arise and giving my life to God again was probably the best decision I've ever made. Um, and it was the best time of my life. But um, since then, I decided that I was going to do Arise for Life and I started Bible working at Hamilton. And after about four and a half months there, um, I got offered a job here in the conference with the youth department. And at the time, I didn't actually want the job. I was like, mm, "No, doesn't sound like something I want to do." Okay, so just a quick, quick explanation there. The uh, when 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 Caitlin refers to the conference, that is the uh, the head office for the Adventist Church in the North New South Wales region, and that's where we broadcast from with the breakfast show. It's not where Faith FM comes from, but it's where the breakfast show comes from. And uh, so you've been working here with the youth department ever since then. And uh, what do you what do you enjoy most about working with the youth department? Um, yeah, that is, I, I would have to say, working with young people. I don't get to do that very often, but especially at summer camps, um, I'm in a cabin with a bunch of kids and just seeing them grow in their relationship with God and being able to answer their questions and to share with them bits of your journey that will help them in their life and just, yeah, seeing their hunger and thirst for God, I really enjoy that. Do you come across young people who are in the same place that you were and uh, does that give you a unique ability to reach out to them? Sometimes, yes. It's not often that I um, am with older, older teens um, or um, even young adults, but yes, there have definitely been um, certain people that I've been able to reach through certain areas of my life that I've experienced. Yeah, sure, sure. Caitlin, it's been fantastic you having you join us here on The Breakfast Show this morning. Thank you so much, and I hope your arm does get, your hand does get well soon. And, uh, yes, don't be going breaking your hand during any more of my sermons, um, but thank you for sharing your testimony, and we certainly pray that um, you know people are blessed from right around the world as a result of uh, listening to that. We're going to continue on with the show right now. This is Sheltered in the Arms of God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. That was cool. That was awesome.
not of earth shall harm me. team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your community, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Keep in touch with vulnerable members of your community like grandparents or new mothers and see if there's something you can do to help them with simple things like picking up some groceries, collecting the mail or dropping off some meals. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone living in isolation or quarantine. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. As long as 